And Hello. we're back. All right. Wake up. We're about to tell you some messed up shit. Yeah. Mine was really long. Um, mine was kind of long. Yeah. And it's going to be really long. And I forgot to get water because I'm probably going to get thirsty from talking. Ooh, that sucks. It'll be fine. I'll survive. Um, I've gone through worse. <laughs> okay. So this week we're doing conspiracy murders. Is that the X-Files? Was that the X-Files? Uh, I can't remember. I think so, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't remember the theme song for that. Yeah. So um, I think I've gone first the last two times. So you go okay. first this time. All right. Okay. What is that noise? That would be our dog demolishing a toy. Oh. Yeah, I can hear that. Um, crap, he's going to get vicious It'll over be this fine. toy. Too. It's fine. He might be done here in a little Just bit. let him go at it. He'll okay. try to bite us if we take it away. So. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully it doesn't get too loud. Anyways. So I'm doing mine on the Summerton man. Yeah. Summerton. Summerton. Summerton good, man case. Good case. Yeah. Um, Tell it like you're telling me a story. Uh, I want to okay. be there. I want the setting. Okay. So the sky was nice. What? <laughs> it was a sunny day. Ooh, okay. Um, I there. actually don't know. Sun. Oh. Uh, but it was on the beach. In Australia. Where at? That was horrible accent. Australia. Uh, what's yeah, that? That was bad. On Somerton Be- Park Beach. So, so how it? Just south of Adelaide, Sim- South Australia. Somerton. Somerton Beach. Yeah. He was found. <laughs> he was found dead at uh, 6:30 a.m. on the 1st of December, 1948. Oh. The case is named after the phrase uh, Tom and Shud, meaning ended or finished. Um, this is because there was a note found months later in the fob pocket of his trousers pants. The fob pocket? I think that's like the fifth pocket. Oh, that little tiny one? Yeah. That I, serves I think no purpose I, whatsoever? I could be totally wrong, but I think that's what it is. That sounds right. That's um, for putting a key in? Well, uh, possibly. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, The scrap had been, um, so the little piece of paper had been torn from the final page of a copy uh, of a book. It's called the Rubaiyat. Rubaiyat? I don't know. Is that it? I don't know. Oh, of Omar Khayyam. Yeah. Uh, Taman was actually misspelled as Taman, T-A-M-A-N. In, uh, instead of T-M-A-M. Uh, in r- many early reports, um, and this o- error was actually often repeated in like news reports and stuff. Um, and this is actually Australia's once one of their most profound mysteries because it's still unsolved. Uh, <laughs> His death and events leading up to his death have caused much speculation. His identity is still unsolved as well. So, death so, and identity is unsolved. Dead body found on the beach had a note in his pocket torn from a book. Yeah, right. The paper was torn from a book. Yeah, correct. Um, Australia even reached out to other countries to provide them uh, fingerprints to find out if they could locate the identity of this man, but still no luck. 
Um, recently, evidence has been found which included an old identification card that was possibly identifying him as H.C. Reynolds and the DNA analysis of hair roots found on the plaster bust. Um, so they made like a, pl- a like a plaster like from his a bust. Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, and so they of the dead guy. Yeah. Um, so I it, when it was like published in newspapers and such at the time, like, do you possibly know who this man is? Mm-hmm. So that's crazy. Um, they did yeah. that with um, what's his name, John List, and it was scary accurate. Oh really? Yeah. Well, isn't it like a molded piece of plastic of them? Um no, I think well I think the John List one they like created it. Oh, okay. Because they found his hair on this thing. Oh, So it had to be, yeah. They waxed out some hair. So the man was found lying in the sand across from the crippled children's home, uh, which was on the corner of Esplanade and Bickford Terrace. That's what it... Bickford? Yeah. Uh, So um, he was found uh, resting his head against the seawall with his legs extended and his feet crossed. That's Invest- so weird. Yeah, it is weird. Investigators are thinking he died in his sleep. He was also found uh, with an unlit cigarette on his right collar, on the right collar of his coat. Um, an unused second-class rail ticket uh, from Adelaide to Henley Beach, and a bus ticket from the city that could not be, uh, could not be proved to have been used or so like it wasn't used i i I misworded that so he he uh had a ticket in his a bus ticket in his pocket and there was no proof that it was actually used so it could Mm. have been unused um a narrow narrow aluminum american comb a half empty empty (laughs) i can't talk it's because i'm missing the water an a half-empty uh-huh. packet of juicy fruit chewing gum, oh. an Army Club cigarette packet containing seven cigarettes of a different brand, and a quarter-full box of Bryant and May matches. Hmm. Uh, witnesses say that they saw the n- same uh, man lying on his back on November 30th in the same spot. Um, there was a couple who said that they saw him uh, they're not moving and thought it was weird that he was not moving uh, or reacting to maybe like mosquito bites or anything. Because he was dead? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's kind of what they're saying. Uh, they thought that he, um, like people thought he may have actually just been really drunk or he was asleep, not dead. Uh, the Somerton man uh was believed to be around 40 to 45 and was in good physical condition. Uh, in 1959, a witness came and said that they, he and three others had seen a well-dressed man carrying another man on his shoulders along Somerton Beach. Uh, this was the night before the body was found. He was dressed in a nice suit, uh, which was said to have had American tailoring. Hmm. Um, assuming that there's like a different style or something that uh, Americans do other than Australians, which, you know, I think it's, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Good guess. So they make, the, um, the American suits 
bigger because we were fatter. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was the 40s, so. But <clears throat> I'm I'm assuming it's some kind of style that is more practiced in hmm. in here. I'm I'm just assuming that. Uh, all labels on his clothes had been removed. He had no wallet on him. Uh, he was clean shaven and carried no identification, which led investigators to think that he committed suicide. Even after the dental records were done, uh, they still could not figure out who he was. They think that he had died around 2 a.m. the morning before he was found. The autopsy showed that he had eaten a pasty, uh, so I'm assuming it means like a some kind of pastry, a um, few hours before he died. Hmm. The coroner was able to reach a conclusion as to the man's identity, cause of death, and whether the man was actually seen alive at the beach. Um, Wait, he wasn't? Yeah. Oh, okay. Did I say was? I thought so, but I might have uh, just heard I, you wrong. I might have, because I have was written down, so I probably... I, I meant wasn't. Um, so he could not find a cause of death, y- an yeah. identity, or... Um, or whether the man was actually seen alive at the beach, and we'll get we'll Dang. get into some of this here. Okay. On J- January fourteenth, nineteen forty nine, the staff of Adelaide Railway Station uh, discovered a brown suitcase suitcase with its label removed. The suitcase had been checked into station uh, cloakroom after eleven a.m. on thirtieth uh, of November, nineteen forty eight. They're thinking that the suitcase was believed to be the Somerton man's. The case contained red trekkered gra- dressing gown, uh, size 7, so weird because that's probably not his. Uh, red felt pair of slippers, four pairs of underwear. I think they're men's because I didn't explicitly say that they were women's. Uh, some jam jams. Shaving items, light brown pair of pants with sand in the cuffs, electrician screwdriver, uh, table knife cut down into a short, sharp instrument, pair of skizzers with uh, sharpened points, and small square of zinc thought to have been used as a protective sheath for a knife and scissors and a stenciling brush. Hmm. Uh, this was used by third officers on merchant ships for stenciling cargo. A thread card of a Barber brand orange wax thread of an unusual type not avail- available in Australia. All identification marks on the clothing had been removed, but police found the name T. Keen on a tie. Keen on the... Uh, was also on the laundry bag, but the laundry bag did not have an E at the end of it. Hmm. So the first one had an E and the laundry bag did not. Um, there was three dry cleaning marks, 1171 slash seven, 4393 slash seven, 3053 slash seven. No idea what those numbers mean. Uh, police believe that the whoever removed the clothing tags either overlooked these three items and left the Keen tags on the clothes, knowing that Keen was not the dead man's name. Keep in mind, wartime rationing was still enforced at this time, so clothing was difficult to acquire at this time. The unusual thing uh, was that there were no spare socks found in the case, 
and no correspondence, although police found pencils and unused letter stationery. Which are just like utensils and stuff for writing. Yeah. Uh, a search for a teen keen missing in any English-speaking country and a nationwide circulation of a dry cleaning showed no results. The coat in the case indicated that it had, it had been manufactured in the U.S. The coat had not been imported, indicating that the man had been in the United States or brought the coat from somewhere, someone of similar size who had been. Police checked incoming train records and believed that the man arrived at the Adelaide Railway Station by overnight train from Melbourne, Sydney, or Melbourne. Melbourne? Melbourne. That's how you say it. Melbourne? That's how they say it? No. Oh, okay. Sydney or Port Augusta. 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 August. Um, uh. They think that he showered and shaved at a nearby city in city baths before going to the train station. City baths are actually called... Disgusting public swimming pools oh ew yeah i know disgusting i thought well the they same have thing. showers there yeah well yeah let's imagine him being like oh time to take a shower and he just jumps in the pool <laughs> starts like um, scrubbing himself well yeah they were talking about like being in city baths or being actually in the showers of the public swimming pools so like actually going in the shower rooms there uh, his shoes had also been extremely clean, and they believe that they had been recently polished. Uh, the f- this fit the theory that he had been brought to the beach since his shoes were actually clean, which rules out the theory of him wandering around all day. Um, there were two types of drugs found in his body, uh, which were digitalis and O-U-A-B-A-A-I-N. Uh, I don't know how yeah. to say it. O Obane. Abain, something like that but it was so little like found in there and the only symptoms that like he could have died from was vomiting that like it matched it did it, like the description on. yeah what are those medicines used for uh i didn't look that up <laughs> wow what's it called uh digitalis and o-u-a-b-a-i-n yeah that's not good research there for me anyways we are investigative journalists brandon <laughs> uh, it, it, wait what's it called don't call Dig- myself that digit what digitalis d-i-g-i-t-a-l-i-s well, is some kind of like um doesn't have to do with heart yeah uh i don't know hmm uh, they stated that if he had taken it uh taken it takes about seven hours so when he was apparently seen the night before at 7 p.m., uh, this would have been one of the last convulsions preceding his death. Boom. Used to treat congestive heart failure and heart rhythm problems. Oh, well, there you go. So if he, take, he took that, I doubt he would die from that. If it was prescribed to him. Well, if yeah. If it wasn't, it could have messed his heart up. Yeah, I guess Which would true. be really hard to detect in an autopsy. Yeah, they d- and they don't know the history of this guy, so... Right. Um, they did have a hard time believing that this was the cause of death um, and that he committed suicide taking uh, this medicine. A little piece of paper with the words Tom and Shud, like I said earlier, uh, was found in his pocket. 
Um, and again, this means ending or finished. Uh, this saying was found on the last page of that that book, the Rubaiyat or whatever mm-hmm. um, that I said, um, which the book is actually just a book of poems. I did look that up. Um, police had released a picture of the piece of paper found on the actual book and where this piece of paper was torn from. Um, so they, they actually ended up finding the book like the actual book that this piece of paper was torn yeah, from. Yeah, didn't like some lady own it? Well, no, uh, she never owned that one. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. The man, so there was a man who actually had turned in the book, but they never released his real name, but he went by the pseudonym Ronald Francis. Oh. And why they never, and then they just kind of like let him go. But I don't know how they wouldn't think this is suspicious. There is speculation that the book was found actually weeks before the body. Others say it was found shortly after the body was found. So there's like speculation on when it actually was found. So if it was found weeks before, they think that possibly he had been at the beach a couple weeks before and then found the book there and he left it and then he died there. And then most reports say uh, there are some other ones that say the book was actually found in an unlocked car that was parked in jet like in Jetty Road. Uh, The theme of the book is that everyone should live life to the fullest and have no regrets. No regrets. Not even one letter. Not even one letter. In the back of the book where, uh, were faint indentions representing five lines of text in capital letters. The second line was struck out, and a fact that it is considered significant due to its similarities to the fourth line and the possibility that it represents an error in, encrypt- in encryption. An unlisted telephone number was also found in the back of the book belonging to a nurse named Jessica Ellen Joe Thompson, the one you were talking about. Mm. So there was a number, a phone number in there, in the book that was found that uh, pointed towards her. And she lived a little north of the location uh, where the body was found. It said something like 1,000 feet or some shit like that. And I was like, I'm not even going to try to translate that into... You mean meters? No, No, there was... It said meters, and then it said feet, and then I was like, I'm not even going to try to do this in Um, miles. Like, fuck this. I just put a little note more. 1,000 feet is not that much. Yeah, it's not. That's the thing. So, Jessica, uh, she was obviously questioned by police, and uh, she says she didn't know the man, but she thinks that her mom actually knew the man. But, I mean, who knows? She was born in in 1921. And then he was discovered in, what, 1949? Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a possibility. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm guessing her mom is maybe dead by that time. I don't, you know, maybe. Yeah. So, like, she could just say, oh, my mom knew her, not me. But it's weird how this woman's number is in the book. Yeah, that's pretty strange. Yeah. Uh, but she didn't have the book and it wasn't hers. Uh, Jessica said, uh, sorry, she did though also own a copy of the book while she was working as a nurse in Royal North Shore Hospital. She had given it to a lieutenant named Alf 
Vauxhall, 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 Vauxhall. Yeah. After the war ended, ended. So remember this, like World War Two. Right. So, after the war ended, she had moved to what is it, Melbourne, Melbourne, hmm? Melbourne, 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 and married. Uh, she said that she later received a letter from Alf, um, telling him. And then she told told him she was married. I guess he was asking, "Hey, maybe could, we could talk again." Um, they later found Alf with the book, and all the pages were intact. So the one that Jessica had and was given to Alf was later discovered that Alf had it, and all the pages were intact. So this book with the torn page is a was separate it? book yeah. from Jessica, but it somehow has her number in it. Hmm. Uh, so one of the theories is that he was possibly a spy. The Radium Hill Uranium Mine and the Woomera Test Range, which was an Anglo-Australian military research facility, were interest for spies and which were nearby that beach. Uh, the man's death coincided with the reorganization of Austral- Australian security agencies, which would... Cu- uh, culminate the following uh, year with the founding of the Australian Sur- Security Intelligence Intelligence Organization. So That was a lot. Yeah, that was. And me messing up all the words doesn't help. So, so. what happened? Uh, there was a reorganization of Australian sur- security agencies, which was around the same time that he died. Oh, so yeah. they're like getting rid of people possibly mm. yeah it's just uh it's a guess this is just them speculating because they have no idea uh 1949 the body of the unknown man was buried in adelaide's west uh terrace cemetery where the salvation army conducted the service Years after the burial, flowers began showing up on his grave, and police questioned a woman uh, leaving the cemetery, but she says that she knew nothing of the man. Ina Harvey, who was a receptionist at the hotel across the Adelaide railway, Railway Station, revealed that a strange man had stayed in room 21 or 23 for a few days after the time of death, then checked out the 30th, of November 1948, hmm. which is the day that... Day before yeah. he... Yeah, right. Uh, she said he was an English-speaking and uh, man and only carrying a small black case. Uh, 22... Uh, t- sorry, 22nd of November 1959, it was reported that E.B. Collins, an inmate of New Zealand's uh, prison, Wanganui... Prison <laughs> claimed to wow. know who the man was. Oh. Um, so there was, I, I put a couple, like there was a reported uh, identity of EC, e. they think he was EC Johnson. Uh, January 1949, two people identified the body as a 63 year old uh, former woodcutter, Robert Walsh. And then a third person said James Mack, but they do not believe the body or hands fit as being a 63-year-old. They think he was actually much younger. And his hands did not match being that of a woodcutter. Um, Also, 
So on that that final line of that cryptic message, it says I T T M T S A M S T G A B in all caps. It's and, a and I didn't uh they don't have like the full like what it could possibly be, but there's a guess on some some of it. And it's it's time to move to South Australia Mosley Street, which that Jessica woman lived on Mosley Street. Mm. It's just a guess. They don't they don't know because the, what they don't know what the T G A B is, what that could mean. So to um, get away, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So it could be to get away something. Yeah. But yeah, there's um. Th- there was a lot of like, hey, he he's this guy. He he's this guy. But then it was quickly determined or um, proved that it wasn't. Mm. You know those names. So there was a bunch. There was a bunch in there, and I I didn't really think they were all necessary because it was just like a lot of conspiracies. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it was all like it wasn't even interesting. It was just like this guy came over and said it. It was probably this guy, and then. That guy's dad said, no way, that's not him. So, like, it was just, you know. It My wasn't dad even, said it wasn't him. I didn't think it was worthy of, like, adding in, but maybe mentioning. Hmm. So, yeah. Still unsolved. Everything about it. My theory. Death you want to hear my theory? And who he is. What's that? Is that he was in the military maybe the navy or something which would explain the name and the laundry bag and the tie and stuff yeah and he was like screw this and tried to abandon them and he like ended up meeting a girl and was gonna like leave to be with her and they found out and they killed him you think so yeah in world war Two, yeah yeah i don't know but i don't know what australia's involvement was Honestly. No, it was all Americans. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because he probably was from the U.S. Yeah. That's my theory. Yeah, I don't know. It's Um, interesting. It's weird. Yeah, that's a good one because it's just so strange. Yeah. Um, The book. The book is the weird thing. Yeah, and how there's multiple copies of it that all link together yeah strange yeah it is weird like what's the significance of it you know yeah it's just a book of poems about living your life which he didn't do yeah right um so our two stories have a lot of similarities actually oh yeah like a lot um i did the east doll woman dun 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 i've never heard of this yes you have Okay. Because we'll I got ninety nine percent of this information from BuzzFeed Unsolved. Oh well. Okay. On November twenty ninth, nineteen seventy, um, in the Isdalen Valley in Norway, there was a family on a Sunday hike, minding their own business, having some family time, um, when they discovered the body of a woman who was wedged between two large rocks. Um. I don't remember this. Well, maybe if you just listen, it'll come back to you. I'm like one sentence in. I think I would remember a woman wedged between Well, listen. 
One of the first people on the scene, police officer Carl Havor Os, noted that the first thing he noticed was the very strong scent of burnt flesh at the scene. So the body of the woman was severely burnt and her arms were up in a defensive boxer pose, like covering her face, um, like she was like protecting her face, um, which is apparently common with bodies that have been burnt, um, I guess, because you like try to protect your face and then you just yeah makes sense. stay in that position. Um, yeah. So the front of her body, including her face, was burnt beyond recognition but the back of her body was completely unharmed. Um, which made me think like just severe sunburn because the police couldn't tell how long the body had been there or when she had died, but it, apparently it was like a fire burn. Like the whole front. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they didn't, they weren't sure of what caused the burns at first. Yeah. Um, so this woman was thought to be about five foot, four and a half inches tall and anywhere between 25 and 30 years old. Um, the items that were found at the scene included jewelry, a broken umbrella, bottles, a watch, pieces of nylon stockings, and rubber rain boots. Um, so the jewelry and the watch, they weren't found on the body. Um, but they were set down next to it like they were purposely placed there. Hmm. Strange. That's weird. Yeah. She was wearing the boots. The broken umbrella was near her. There was like, from my understanding, it was like soda bottles, like glass bottles. Yeah. Were near her. Ripped up stockings. Um, and yeah, the jewelry and watch had been purposely place next to her body all of the labels in her clothes had been removed and even the labels on the bottles found near her had been rubbed off that's weird yeah so with all of the identifying information gone the police start looking for a witness um an autopsy was performed on the body and a high amount of uh phenema was discovered in her stomach um so in so the autopsy they found in her stomach 50 to 70 sleeping pills that's the phenema phenema is a sleeping pill i don't know if they make it because i couldn't find anything about it but um so there were 50 nyquil these days well no nyquil is liquid well i guess they have gel capsules i said these days but um was just joking no it's like like strong like ambien oh oh yeah like prescription yeah i forgot about ambien yeah um, so there were 50 to 70 of these sleeping pills, um, found in her stomach, but they hadn't had time to fully dissolve. They hadn't had time to fully dissolve in her stomach before she died. So they found them in there, like mostly. Oh, huh. Weird. Yeah. So they like, they were still intact. Yeah. They hadn't been completely absorbed into her bloodstream. So she hadn't f- felt the effect of them and, you know, before she died. Or did she take so many that her body couldn't keep up with them? No, they hadn't gone into her bloodstream yet. Oh. They weren't even dissolved enough. She died due to the uh, burn. Oh, okay. Burns. Oh, I knew. I see what you're saying. Um, Okay. So the autopsy also revealed smoke particles in her lungs. Um, They found smoke particles in her lungs, which led the police to believe she was alive when she was burning. 
which is awful. Oh, that's yeah. one of my biggest fears. Yep. There was also petrol um, found near the scene, and it was evident that it had been used to burn her body. Oh, that's just, that's horrible. Yeah. So also there was a high level of carbon monoxide in her system, which if you're breathing in the smoke, there yeah. would be. I was going to say, um, well, that just kind of comes with the. Right. Yeah. And a weird bruise on the right side of her neck. Um, after the autopsy, her death was considered a probable suicide due to the sleeping pills and the carbon monoxide from the fire, which, why would you take a bunch of sleeping pills and then burn yourself alive? If you took, if you had the choice to die between taking a bunch of sleeping pills and falling asleep and never waking up or burning yourself alive, you'd probably choose the pills. Probably. Unless. Maybe it was her fail safe. Unless she knew someone was coming after her, so she decided to take the pills to have a painless death, and they showed up. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Let's keep reading. So the spot where her body was found was a popular spot for suicides and a spot where a lot of hikers fell to their death, um, which caused locals to give the valley the nickname um, Death Valley. Hmm. So where is this at? Norway. Oh. So I believe it's East Norway. Oh. Um, so the idea that she maybe committed suicide wasn't completely outlandish because it was a popular spot for it. Um, it was apparently like a really dangerous hiking area. So like, why was there a family hiking? Right. Which is weird, but um, whatever. You know what though? Like, remember I went mountain biking and I told you there was a family climbing? Yeah. Well, that's not like a... Like a family spot? No, it's not like a regulated, like a place that like, this is just a wall in the woods and somebody had put anchors in the wall. Oh, like, no. Yeah. And he had his whole family there. Like, nope. He knows what he's doing, but at the same Did time. Did you call DCFS? No. No. Hmm. Okay. So three days after her body was discovered, two suitcases were found unclaimed at a nearby train station. Inside the luggage was a pair of non-prescription glasses with a fingerprint on the lenses. Oh, dun-dun-dun. And the fingerprint was a match to the Easdall woman. Which, how'd they get a fingerprint if her body was burned? But uh, I don't know. I'm not going to question it. So, naturally, police linked the luggage and its contents to, to the Easdall woman. That makes sense if her foot fingerprint matches what's inside yeah. the luggage. Well, that's a good um, question. How did they get it? I don't know. Maybe she had one that was intact or... Something, yeah. They got lucky. Because her, her hands were in fists, so maybe, like, the fingerprints on the inside were... Possibly. You know, um, safe. I don't know how that works. Um, so, other contents in the suitcases included clothes. <laughs> I put wogs. I meant wigs. Um, clothes, wigs, a comb, a hairbrush, makeup, money from Germany and Norway, as well as coins from Belgium, Switzerland, and the UK. A tube of prescription eczema cream was also found in the luggage, but the prescription label was torn off. So there was no... Oh, identification yeah. of who it was. Yep. Um, the labels on the makeup were also removed. And they couldn't figure out what yeah. brand it was. Didn't you say that? You said that earlier, I think, right? <laughs> No, oh. so her clothing labels oh. and the... Um, what year did this happen in? 1970. A lot of this is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the same. Very yeah. similar, yeah. And they couldn't identify what kind of makeup it was, which 
there were probably no female police officers on that force because it's not that difficult. Anyway, especially in 1970, there wasn't that much, you know, variety in makeup. Yeah. Compared to today. Um, so. You didn't have Sephora. I don't know. I don't know. I, I was don't just know. joking around. Um, one item found in the luggage that made police excited was a notepad with the mes- with a message written in blue ink. Excited? Yeah, they were like, ooh, evidence that can help us figure out who this person is. So the message written in blue ink read 022028P029 PS030 BN5 N678T N8T0 uh, OS. They Those were like coordinates. They were like, listen, we have no idea what this means, yeah. but, um, yeah, they had no luck cracking the code. So, um, another promising item found in the luggage was a bag from a shoe store about 130 miles away from where her body was found. They contacted the shoe store and they asked if they had sold anything to a woman matching the description of the Easdall woman. It turns out they had sold a pair of boots to a woman. A pair of rubber rain boots. Rain boots that the woman was wearing when her body was found. Hmm. Rain boots that they had sold to this woman. Interesting. Um, So the worker at the shoe store was able to give a thorough description of the woman. He said that she was dressed very well. Medium height with a round face, dark brown eyes, long dark hair, and a strange odor, which he later identified as garlic. Hmm. Or, or maybe it could be someone's B.O. We don't know. burning flesh. No, she was alive. <laughs> I know. Bad joke. She just walked in, like, on fire. Can yeah. I get a pair of boots, please? <laughs> um, this description led police to St. Sithen... Oh, God. I'm so sorry. Norway. Um... St. Sithen in Stavanger, so this is a hotel, um, led police to a hotel in Stavanger, Norway, where the Esau woman stayed under the name Fenella Lorch. As it turns out, Fenella Lorch was not the woman's real name, and it was believed that she had eight aliases that she had used in different hotels throughout Norway and passports for each of these identities. Hmm. I can't even keep track of my one passport, and this woman has eight I'm just kidding. I hid it in a very secret location. Um, under my mattress. I was just, just kidding. In uh, my purse. Yeah. <laughs> to my, no. Okay. They figured this out by... Um, so they figured out where she had been staying and who um, she was checking in hotels as um, because they used, the, they used handwriting analysis with the code written in the notebook. Um, and they cross-referenced it with hotel check-in forms, which isn't 100% a science, but interesting still. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, police spoke with various hotel staff to get an idea of what the woman was like, and they discovered that she often asked to change rooms used some German, Flemish, and English when speaking, and they also described her as very well-dressed. Another major clue in identifying the Easdall woman was her teeth and tissue samples. Um, Recently, when new scientific developments developments were applied to the investigation, um, they looked at her teeth and um, 
Based on the dental work and the expensive filling, fillings found in the woman's teeth, um, they figured that the work that she had done on mm-hmm. her teeth occurred in Southern or Central Europe or maybe even Asia. Huh. Um, however, the oral doctor that was investigating the teeth died suddenly in 2011, and the teeth were rumored to have been thrown away because they smelled bad. Ew. Yeah. Um. That's disgusting, but at the same time, like, even if they smell gross, I mean, they need that. But the Eastall woman's teeth were later found at Hawkland Hospital in a remote warehouse. Huh. In a remote so they warehouse that a hospital owned. Yeah. Also in this warehouse were the Eastall woman's heart, lungs, spleen, and liver. After finding her teeth um, in this warehouse... We're like, oh, yay. They still smell bad, but we found him. Um, an isotope test was performed to help identify where the woman grew up based on the water she drank. If you remember the case of little Jane Doe, the yeah. dead body found in St. Louis here, yeah. they did that with her bones to oh, see really? where she was from. Yeah. Um, and from this test, they were able to determine that she most likely grew up near the France-Germany border. Um, she was of European descent and possibly from North America. Huh. Wait. <laughs> Why? Did, how did they get, like, North America all the way to France? Um, well, the, like, um, what's the word? Impression I got from it was, like, she was probably born around the France-Germany. Yeah. Um, border and grew up there, then went to the United States north america or she was born in north america grew up there and then came over here and then ended up back in norway yeah huh um but they're not 100 percent sure so they're saying it could be any of those possibilities um so based off this information a new sketch was created of the eastall woman in 2016 you can find it on google images and looking right now she's not very friendly looking um she's kind of scary looking she looks like a young glenn close with like black hair and black eyebrows. The East Kind of like um not Middle Eastern looking, but definitely darker complected. Like her oh, skin yeah. isn't dark, but like her hair is dark. It could have been dyed though, I don't know. Yeah. Ooh man, the pictures are from like the fire kinda. Or oh, look where up she was like yeah found? the crime scene photos Ooh. yeah those are gross look up um, yeah. sketch yeah I did oh yeah, yeah. doesn't she look like Glenn Co- Close to you I don't know who Glenn Close is maybe if I knew I I don't know the name but she Glenn does she Close. looks like just like Glenn Close with black hair <laughs> yeah she does <laughs> yeah she kind of does she does yeah. I think they just drew a picture of Glenn Close with black hair um so. Um, in 2017, Interpol, which we have talked about before in the Carrie Babies case, um, it's an international police organization, they sent out a black notice with the East Doll woman's DNA attached to it in hopes to find new leads. But nothing ever came of it. Oh, there's some um, horrifying pictures that kind of give me the, uh... Yeah, well, why don't you stop the, looking at the them? chills. I'm trying to tell you a story. I'm sucked in. Okay. All right. I'm listening. In the 1970s, after um, this case was 
opened. A crime reporter uh, was given files to write a report on the Esau woman case when he found an envelope with a cassette tape inside. On the envelope, a message um, was written saying that the package should not be opened without express permission from the supervisor. So what does he do? Breaking the law. Breaking the law. He puts it back into the box and doesn't open it. What a fucking idiot. I know. Like, uh, listen to that. Yeah. That could have given you all the answers. This he was probably scared. He was like, someone will kill me if I listen to this. You know what? Eh. I don't blame him. I probably eh. would have put it back, too. Yeah. I don't know. But if they gave At him the, the box, time, that's kind of like... curiosity, like... Yeah. Um, so around I want to know! Yeah. So around this time in the 70s, what do we know about history? Nothing. The Repeats se- itself. No. What do we know about history in the late 60s, early 70s? Uh, a lot of things happened. What was happening? Uh, I may need. I think I'll have to rewatch Forrest Gump to. <laughs> that would probably give you some clues, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. The Cold War. Oh. The Cold War was happening. I just saw your shoulders visibly fall, like you were so disappointed. Because I don't think that that's not in Forrest Gump. Oh. Uh. Cold War's not. Oh, doesn't Watergate have to do with? You know what? I'm just gonna stop talking because I actually don't know what I'm talking <laughs> about. Um, so the Cold War was happening um, at this time, and as we know, based on the critically acclaimed movie with Tom Hanks, oh, not Forrest Gump, actually Bridge of Spies, great movie, um, we know that a lot of espionage was occurring during the Cold War. That's kind of what the whole thing was, was we were spying on one another, we were leaking information to one another, we were being all sneaky, we thought the Russians were going to kill us all. Um, so a huge theory as to the Esau woman's death that makes it a conspiracy is the idea that the Esau woman was a Russian or Israel Israelite spy. Israeli uh. spy. Oh, my God. Israeli spy. Which would make sense. Israeli because she's very dark complected. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Well, I guess Russian people could be too, but... Anyway. Um... So, yeah, it w- and it would make sense with all the different aliases, all the identifying information removed, um, the, like, well-dressed aspect of it, her speaking so many languages, her having wigs, that, out of anything, the wigs, makes me think she's a spy. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Spies have disguises. Yeah. Um, so, on February 5th, 1971, the Esau woman was given a Catholic funeral. Um, based on the information that the police had, they figured she was Catholic, so that's why they did that. She's haunting them to this day. Um, <laughs> tulips and carnations were placed on her zinc coffin, which was picked specifically because it doesn't decompose. So there is hope that one day her identity will be discovered and her coffin will be moved to a more fitting resting place if someone claims her. Interesting. Which hasn't happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I think she was probably a, a spy in the Cold War and figured something, someone was after her and she was going to be killed. So she took a bunch of pills to maybe kill herself and then 
maybe they weren't working quick enough or maybe someone came up on her and killed her with somebody probably killed her burned her yeah I don't think I don't even think in a desperate situation you would <laughs> burn yourself alive. Yeah, they well they um, also speculated that there was a like can of hairspray found in either in her luggage or um, at the scene. I can't remember, but it wasn't like directly near her um, at the time they found her body. So they thought that maybe she had like made a fire and threw the hairspray can into the fire. So and it like blew up. and it blew up, and that's mm. why. Only well, the front of her was burned and why her hands were up because she, uh, like, went to protect her, you know. Yeah. And why she was, like, wedged in between two rocks because it, like, threw, she fell. threw her back. Uh, yeah. But. Well, also why would you throw that in a fire? Right. Mm. Well, to kill yourself, I guess. Oh. But. Uh, or you're just yeah. trying to get rid of evidence and. Yeah. <laughs> Top secret mm. hairspray had to destroy the evidence. Well, you can't scratch off the label, I guess. <laughs> and it's identifying, so um, it's still in testing. Nobody can know. What? I said it's top secret hairspray. Oh. So she had to destroy it. Yeah. Well, anything with the label, because they can track it to her purchases. I don't think you understand. Like, I don't. It was testing. Like the hairspray was top secret. Like. For the company, oh. like coming out. Oh my gosh! <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, that was. Now we're here. It was a bad joke. Okay. Um, but then also like if, why was the petrol there? You know. <laughs> I was I was just joking about the hairspray. I know. I'm oh, moving okay. on. I'm oh, ignoring okay, the okay. joke, the oh, terrible okay. joke. Okay. The no, it's funny, but the, the Cold War isn't know, funny, Brandon. I don't know why. I don't know why the fuel was there. These are all good questions. I don't know. Nobody knows. That's why it's still unsolved. I think she was a spy. Maybe. I'm saying it now. The Eastall no. woman you was a spy. You just went on record to say that. No, we're off record. No. Because I no, can't be on. liable for anything I say. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, okay. That's the two. What should we do next time? Uh, I had one, and I forgot wow. now. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm just kidding. No, it wasn't a topic. It was like an actual like thing to do it on, but now oh, I forgot. You don't remember it all? No. Maybe if I what search around. What about the one about the lady near here who did the thing to the guy? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No, that really doesn't narrow the it down. The woman here like in this area that Oh, oh, oh yeah, Pam Hub. Yeah, I could do it on that. You want to do murders around here? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. That one's Hometown a, murders part two? Yeah, that one's a woof. Okay, hometown murders case. part two. Yeah, that one happened like... Recently? Well, recently, but I don't know. Four or five miles from my parents' house? Yikes. Well, the one that led her to get caught. Okay, we'll talk about it next week. It's a messed up one. Yeah. I think I'm, I know what I'm going to do, but I don't know for sure yet. Okay. All right. We will we'll do that next Hometown week. Town Murders Part 2. That was All our right. first episode. Yeah, that was. We've come a long way. Have we? No. We <laughs> only have nine more followers than before. Yay! So. All right. Okay. All right. We'll see you next week. It's late. Okay, bye. Bye.